Hey, welcome back to the Big Red Zone. We're very excited for today's show. Remember, new episodes come out every Thursday. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Big Red Zone. And tell a friend. This week, we're going to break down the rest of the Eastern Conference Finals. For the first time in, how I don't know, how many years? 12. Boston, 12 years. Thank you, Danny Football. The Boston Celtics are going to the NBA Finals. We'll break down the end of the Eastern Conference Finals where the Celtics beat the Bucks in seven. Uh, we'll break that down, and then we'll look ahead to the NBA Finals and see what the keys are for the Celts. I know we're both very excited to get into that, and then we'll talk a little bit of socks uh, at the end of the show. All that more on this week's episode of the Big Red Zone. Welcome to the podcast. This is the Big Red Zone. I'm your host, Red. As always, we're going to daily football. You said it last week, Big Red. It was either going to be a devastating week or we're going to be flying high. And boy, are we flying high right now. Beautiful, beautiful end to the Eastern Conference Finals. We either said that we were going to take the week off or we were going to, or we were going to come in. Guns blazing. Guns a blazing. We were, we were going to come in feeling excellent. And I feel mighty good right about now. Um, it was a up and down series, but something about this team, I think a key stat, and we'll go over something, you know, I think we'll look at get because we were talking about it before there was three games that we, this happened since our last podcast, since we recorded last. Uh, so we'll look at those things, but a key stat, I just want to start the uh, show off with the Celtics in this playoff run have not lost two games in a row, knock on one. They have, when they've lost, they bounced back and won the next game. Um, and I think that shows toughness. I think that shows resilience. And especially going into this NBA Finals against the, probably the toughest te- test yet. Uh, I think that's a good thing on our side. But Celtics never lose two in a row. Knock on wood so far. Um, you know, we were talking about it. They had to win game five in Miami. They do that. I think it was pretty much – I don't think they ever lost or losing in game five. I think they pretty much – no. Uh, they, I think no. Game, game five was wire to wire, I think. Game five was wire – oh, you're right. They were losing at the end of the first quarter. They were losing at halftime. But once halftime hit, they had an incredible third – that's the one they had an incredible third quarter. Uh, they won the third quarter 32-16, to 16, doubling up the heat, and then they won the fourth quarter. Uh, they win that game 93-80. to 80. Um you know, again, bounce back. They, you know, you losing at halftime, but you're able to, you know, take a deep breath and come back and win that game. Go to home up three two. You know, we were saying that's what we had to do. Win it at home. Don't even waste time going back to, you know, going back to Miami. Uh, but the Celtics really did. In a sense, lay an egg in game game five in game six. Um, I don't know about you, but I was feeling kind of nervous after game six. Uh, I was uh, devastated to say dejected was probably the best word to put it. I uh, I was not in a good place after game six. I was oh probably overly confident that we're going to be able to close it out at home. Three um, two lead back in Boston. The garden was juiced for a Friday night basketball game. All the momentum. We had just kicked the heat's ass in game five. They couldn't have been colder. And 
the Heat come out hotter than I've ever seen any team in maybe postseason history. They were hitting all their threes. They were hitting every single circus shot. Late shot clock shots were going in. They couldn't miss. And for the Celtics, to the Celtics credit, they kind of hung in there. Never got Derek the, White. Derek White had a hell of a game. Never let the lead get too big or let the deficit get too big. Closed it to 99 with about two and a half left, three and a half left. And just completely the wheels fell off. The wheel, Jalen Brown misses two clutch free throws and the wheels completely fall off. Uh, the, the absolute shock of having to go back to get Miami for game seven uh, definitely took its toll on me mentally, mentally and physically. Um, that being said, we had already won two there and the Miami heat, the Miami heat fans don't really scare me. I don't think they actually have home, a good home court advantage. Um, their, their crowd is a joke. So heading into game seven, I was confident that they would be able to at least quiet the crowd and stay in it. And they led wire to wire. So did the ending of the game get hairy? Yes, but the job is done. Uh, what do you think about that? Uh, Doka? Now, this is something that I love Ime Doka. I've been very uh, positive about. I think he's a lot to do with the success of this team. But he does struggle in picking plays to challenge. Uh, I don't think he's won a coach's challenge yet in this playoffs. Did you agree with the Grant Williams uh, challenge? Uh, which one? In game six. Like, it would have been his fifth foul. They called it – they called it – uh, blocking foul on Grant Williams. They is that close was, to a charge. Was that on the inbound pass? I can't remember. I can't it, remember. It was, I don't know if it was on the inbound pass, but it was, I think it was just no. someone driving to the hoop and Grant Williams stepped in front and they called a, a blocking foul. I think, and it, this is something that the Bucks did a lot because obviously they don't want, they didn't want Giannis to get into a foul trouble. I think a lot of coaches use the challenge just as a way to see if they can get that foul off of their guy. I don't even think it's so much. Let's see if we can get this play overturned. It's let's just, you know, throw a dart at the wall and maybe they'll take the foul away. Um, that being said, you're not wrong. Every time he challenges, it seems like it's just not going to happen. No matter how, how egregious one way or the other it may be. Um, and then on the flip side, it seems like every time our opponent challenges a fucking play, it's successful. So, uh, that, that definitely is something that it happens. Is it something that kind of changes the whole complexion of the game? It hasn't so far, but it's almost the ref's discretion at that point. They go back and they look at it and it's just kind of how it is. Now I'd argue that it changed the complexion of game six because he used his coach's challenge. And then two plays, there was at least two plays that come to mind, especially the Tatum that they called the foul on. He got and one. He should have been fouled. Made The one that he got fouled on made the bucket, but they called an offensive foul on him. Remember that play? Yes. At the end of game yes. six. That was like yeah. that was like right but after the – But you would also hope something that egregious would be able to get called right on the right – Oh, 100%. Right on but the fly. But like you don't wait – if you – my thing is if it's Jason Tatum picking up his fifth foul, then I can kind of see like, all right, maybe you call it. Grant Williams, as much as he's a big part of this team – I'm willing to live with if it's eight minutes left of the game. I'm willing to live with Grant Williams playing with five because you still got Rob, you still got Al, you still got uh, White. You still like, I think that's a little different. I disagreed with, I didn't think he should have challenged that play. And it's easy for me to say it on the couch, but 
if I'm a coach, thinking from a coach's perspective, I don't think I make that challenge. I think I save it. Now, if we're looking at the challenge you used in game seven, it's late in the game. It's kind of just used as an extra timeout. I didn't really have a problem with that one, but I think you're, you hit the nail on the head with that. I feel like every time we challenge, we don't get it. And then every time our opponent challenges, they get the call of the turn. 100%. So we got to see the same film that this other team, these other teams are seeing because we're picking the wrong, I guess we're picking the wrong uh, plays to challenge. Uh, but like you said, I, you're 100. percent I was I was felt a little on edge those couple of days in between Game Six and Game Seven, but Miami historically has a terrible home court advantage. Like has no home court advantage. Their fan it was mostly Celtics fans cheering on. I felt like it wasn't even. It's funny when the Heat went on big runs, it was loud, but when they were, there was nothing compared to the Boston Garden being loud. No, that, that was one thing I noticed in Game Seven was every time the Heat kind of went on a run and got the crowd back in it, the Celtics did a really good job of going right back down the court and getting something back to kind of keep it quiet, whether it was uh, Strauss hitting maybe like a deep three or like an and one, or Strauss had a follow-up dunk at one point and the crowd would get juiced and back into it. But then the Celtics went right back down the court. And I think Tatum answered with a couple of threes at one point, mm-hmm. but or an and one, something always happened where they would get back. The heat fans would get up. And then as soon as the Celtics came back down the court, they would sit back down. So yeah, the Celtics did a good job of controlling the crowd outside of the last 50 seconds of the game. Mm-hmm. But uh, all things considered, yeah, after that game six, I was I was worried. But if we want to get more into game seven, I mean, yeah, let's, it was let's, just an absolute clinic. Um, they came out hot. They they came out exactly the way they needed to. They won the first quarter 32 to 17. They controlled the tempo. They pushed the ball beautifully. They had no the heat had no answer for the Celtics pushing the ball. And it wasn't until the second quarter when the Heat kind of tone made the Celtics. I think the Celtics had zero fast break buckets in the second quarter. And that's when the Heat, uh, I believe, took cut the lead. They didn't take the lead, but they cut the lead um, to like single digits. Um, but like you said, it was a clinic. Uh, Jason Tatum had a great showing. Uh, Jalen Brown, unbelievable game. Al Horford had the intangibles. Marcus Smart, as much as he fired crazy three-point shots, and I was screaming at my TV, he played a great game. And I think the unsung hero of game six, even though he lost in game seven, was Derek White stepped up big. He had big clutch shots when we needed him. Like His three-point shooting has been pretty bad uh, as of late. But the last two games, he kept us in the game in game six. And he hit some clutch threes that really helped us seal, like kind of kept us at like an arm's length away from the Miami Heat during those closing minutes. Um, so I think he's kind of an unsung hero in this series. Uh, and defensively, he's racked up a bunch of steals. Like he had a, a bunch of big steals in that in the last two games. Uh, I also want to give a shout out. I think we got to pay respect where it's due. I mean, did Jimmy Butler ball or what in this in this uh, in the last two games, man? He, I mean, Jesus Christ! Uh, I, I'm gonna tip tip of the cap to Jimmy Butler yeah. for both Game Six and Seven. In Game Six, that dude did not want to go home. That yeah. dude was doing everything in his power to not go home. Whether it was his three point shooting, his finishing at the rim, his drawing fouls, 
don't get me wrong. Game seven, I was losing my mind because it seemed like he was going to the line every single time. But right, he had about thirty just, and one. That's well, that's the that's the that's just the dude's game. So hats off to him. Drops a what was it, 47, 48? or did he get? I think the it was a forty-seven. I think no, it was a forty-something. Forty-seven. Uh, I think it's forty-six. So or forty-seven comes into game six, enemy territory, Boston Garden. He's down elimination game, and he drops a damn near fifty piece to keep forty-seven. He drops 47 to keep his team in it. And game seven turns right around. Now he's at home, plays every second of the game, goes for 35, I think. Mm-hmm. And we could talk about this too. Open look with 11 seconds left. He had every chance to win this game for him. Damn near hits a game winner right there. So Jimmy Butler, hats off to him. He played a hell of a last two games. Uh, he's definitely a guy... I know he has another couple of years on a contract, but I know we're going to kind of talk about it. I think he's the perfect three star type of player for a third star on the Celtics team. If we got a guy like Jimmy Butler, a defensive guy, I think he fits the mold of a Celtic really well. He's a defensive guy. He's a gritty guy. And he's a third star. I know, I know there's not really a realistic chance of getting this guy in a Celtics uniform, but let me tell you, I think he's a prototypical Celtic. If I've ever seen one to be a third star on this team. Uh, but like you said, you got a tip of cap to him. Uh, he played every second of the game. Do you agree with the three-point shot? That's another thing. A lot of people are giving him a hard time saying, why didn't you drive to the hole? Do you agree with the shot? In, in, in real time, in real time and right after it clanked off the rim and was rebounded by us, uh, my initial reaction was that was a good shot. It was a good, I thought it was a good shot. Um, he took the rebound, pushed the, pushed the pace, pushed the floor. Al was backpedaling, but Al did do a good job of closing it out right before it went up. But at the same time, I thought it was a good shot. I mean, all the momentum's on, all the momentum's on your side. You're, you're down to, I understand his strength is more in the paint and at the rim, but again, Rather than letting the defense get set, he, he pulled he and he had been shooting from three for a good at a good clip in six and game six and game seven. Um, so I I think given the situation and giving how hot he was and how the team was how the momentum was kind of riding for the Heat, I liked the shot in all in all seriousness. I thought, I thought it was a good shot. Um, I do think Al closing it out the way he did did force him to maybe shoot a little bit more to his left, which caused it to go off the rim. So I thought it was a good shot and maybe I could be wrong, but I think Al was able to alter it just enough that it wasn't as clean as it may have looked in real time. Yeah. I think Al did a good job closing on that shot. Considering he was in a full backpedal up until right. the shot got pulled. Yeah. There's the thing. Like in one way, Jimmy Butler is your best player. I feel like you got to live with your best player making and missing shots. Like that's, like you said, he had a 47 piece the night before, uh, two nights before. He's has 35 points for your team. He's put your team on his back and just said, come along for the ride for this playoff series. Uh, at least in the games they've won. Playing every second, he's probably got nothing left in the tank. He's like, I got to win this now. Or, you know, that's, I don't have much left for overtime. From a coaching standpoint, from how I teach my kids, I don't like that shot at all. I, I, if you're down two, you're down one, 
I, 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 Oh, I, I mean, I go to the paint. It, if you're asking me, I mean, anytime you're down one or two, you go to the basket. Drives it's, the bat. Who? It's, it's no, no question for me, but I, all things considered where their momentum was, they did have a timeout, but I get not wanting to get. Yeah. Looking. I think that's I get, like, I do, I do like understand the, uh, not wanting to let the Celtics set their defense, but considering that you have a timeout, you had a little momentum. It was such in real time. It looked like a really clean look. So I, I did think it was a good shot, but again, if it were the Celtics doing the same thing, I would have said, go to the rim every single time. Yeah. I felt like, you had Al Horford in a back pedal. You had Jalen Brown's back to you. You had Tatum's back to you. Uh, it was basically one-on-one against Al Horford. And we said about it, Jimmy Butler's strength is getting to the hoop and getting in one. Who's but to say again, uh, who, who is, who would have been a better rim protector in the series than Al Horford. So maybe it was the threat of Al Horford at the rim that caused him to shoot it. Yeah. I, 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 I don't know. I, I didn't really hear. I know Jimmy said I liked the shot I took, so maybe it was just he wanted three. I don't know if that's like the thought process there. Of I, I, honest, I think it was more of just the momentum, and he said, I think in his own mind, he's like, I'm going for the kill here. Yeah. So, and as the best player on the team, you got to respect him, man. He's, he's the right. best player on, on their team. Like, he, he wants to end it there. You got to live and die by your – like, if that's Jason Tatum and he makes the shot, misses a shot, it's like – Make or miss league, baby. Make or yeah. miss league. And he makes that shot, he immediately becomes one of the greatest Miami Heat's players in, in their franchise history. Like, he immediately becomes one of the upper echelon of players. Like, playing every second, hitting a game-winner three, in the closing seconds, you know, going to the NBA Finals. I mean, this guy has done everything for this organization – to put this team on his back to get him a championship and they always seem to fall short. And that's what I'm saying, man. I, I mean, we, we talk about it. The Celtics, you know, we're trying to get a third star in, in Boston. Riley Beal is the top like likelihood candidate, but I'll tell you, I like Jimmy Butler. Oh, I'd, I'd kill for Jimmy Butler. I don't know if it'll happen anytime no, soon. No, it will but... never happen, but. It's not the right timing, but it would be nice to have that kind of guy on your team. He's the like, kind of guy that you root against, but if he's on your team, you root so hard for. I I like his defense because a lot of when Jimmy gets going, like in game one, he had all those steals and like fast break points. He's a great defender. I think I, I at least of what I've seen in this series, I think he's an excellent defender. Um, he get, goes cold in some stretches. But when imagine if he was the third star on your team, he would be unbelievable. So um, I I don't think that will happen. I don't I don't foresee us getting Jimmy. Uh, I just it's bad. He still has another year on his deal, and I I don't see that happening. Us making a trade for him anyway. So, but hats off to the to the Miami Heat and Jimmy Butler. Um, even Bam, Bam had a, Bam heck of had a game. A, Bam had a good series, man. Good series, yeah. I mean, all things considered, that was a, it was a great series. Seven games. I I was convinced that that Butler three was going to go in and rip my heart out of my chest, that it didn't happen. So to finally get over that twelve year hump, to finally be able to say the Celtics are in the finals, is just cloud nine. Cloud nine, needed it. Now we look ahead. the The Warriors beat the Mavs in a gentleman's sweep. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so we're going to play the Warriors. They're the higher seed. Um, the Celtics just left on a plane to the uh, San Francisco to play play them. What do you think are the keys to the series for the Celtics? I think a big thing is going to just be, and we said it in the in the Heat series, you got to protect the basketball. Got to be smart with your possessions. Got to limit turnovers. Continue to play your branded defense and. I think the biggest glaring thing from this heat series was you got to be able to close quarters, whether it's two minutes left, one minute left, whatever it may be. If you go on a run and, and the the clock's ticking down in the quarter, you got to be able to close it out. I can't, I can't tell you how many quarters that we just left on the table because we didn't close it out, whether it was letting the heat get back in it or get, letting them get momentum or letting them take the lead. And against Golden State, that's that's going to be lethal, man. I mean, you're asking to lose the game at that point. So you got to protect the ball, play your defense, and close quarters. And obviously, you got to go out there and steal at least one of these first two games to make things interesting. So um, I, I'm i confident they can do it. There's only one team who has a winning record against the Steve Kerr Warriors, and it's the Boston Celtics. So um, I feel good about our chances. Uh, I agree. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head. They got to take care of the basketball. Uh, they got to be able to close out on the three. Uh, this team likes to d- drive and dish, drive and dish. That's all they do. They they like to hit the three-point shooters. They had a lot of three-point shooters. Uh, pretty much everyone on the board on the field on the court can hit a three-point shot. We talked about it off air. They have run a tight ship there. Not a lot of people get in the game. It's a quick rotations. It's like I think they run a seven-man rotation. Um, I think they need to beat them with their like depth you know if they if we got guys rotating in and they all do their job closing out and playing good defense i think that's i think that's when they're gonna you know start taking taking advantage on the series they gotta look to push uh this team is old warriors team is old look to push on their team uh and the celtics are good in transition man they're 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 a good team when they're in transition and they can beat teams off the, um, off the fast break. So I hope they can take care of the basketball, push the ball, and they need those role players to step up big. It's going to be, it's going to be a battle of role players. You know, the superstars are going to come out. Um, you know, Tatum's going to get his, Jalen's going to get his, Steph's going to get his, Clay's going to get his, you know, it's these other guys that got to step up like the, you know, like we said, the Rob Williams, the Derek Whites, the Grant Grant Williams, they got to step up uh, and help this team. Even, you know, Marcus Smart is quickly becoming that third star right now. Uh, but we need Marcus White to show up, show why he's the defensive player of the year and shut down Steph Curry. He needs to shut him down. There's no, there's no, you know, last series we could kind of get away with just having Jimmy. You know, the series before, you kind of get away with letting Giannis do whatever he wants. Uh, there's no there's no letting Steph Curry do whatever he wants because he's got Klay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Draymond. You know, he's got a whole – Andrew Wiggins, he's got a whole cast of characters that, are, that can do carry the weight scoring. So, um, we got we to gotta really – everyone's got to show up defensively and these role players got to really show up. I agree. Do you have a um, early prediction? Do you have a prediction for the series? What do you think? Celtics in six. Six. All right. Closing at home, huh? 
Close it at home. I'm gonna say you haven't seven. been able to do it. I'm gonna say seven. Close it out. Celts though. I'm gonna say Celtics and seven. They close it out uh, on the road. I mean, road Warriors this whole postseason, they, man. They they have been road warriors. They never lose two in a row. Knock on wood. I think he, I think you go out to Golden State, steal one of the two. Steal one of the two, and then I want to say get take both the Boston games, but I just don't know if that's going to happen. So realistically, you're two two coming back again or going back there. It might just play out like the Heat series, honestly, if I really think about it. But I wouldn't mind. Don't get me wrong; I don't mind Celtics in six, but I it, my heart is telling me Celtics in seven. I hate to backtrack, but how special was it Tatum winning the MVP? The Larry, we didn't really talk about it. The first, Larry oh, Bird. I mean, I didn't even. I knew it was. I knew they were naming that trophy the Larry Bird, so that was cool. I didn't know the uh, Eastern Conference trophy was named after Bob. The Bob Cousy, so, yeah. The fact that the Celtics were just getting all this Celtics hardware was was just icing on the cake. Yeah, Cedric, Cedric Maxwell, Cedric Maxwell just going off, you know, giving the trophy right to Big Al. I mean, and. I, I can't say enough about Al Horford and how much he's done for this team in this playoff run and even throughout the season. Uh, just the fact that Oklahoma City just gave him away for Kemba Walker and for him to come back at 35 and put forth the effort that he has, whether it was in the net series or dropping a career high against the Bucks and, or, you know, playing his ass off against the Heat, especially game six. We later come to find out that he had a family member pass, so he was obviously playing with a lot on his mind. Um, I thought it was poetic that he got that that final rebound, got to throw the ball in the air, and then obviously you see the emotion on the emotion um, when it finally set in, and he's literally on the floor just screaming that he finally made it in his 15th season. Uh no, there's no one that deserved being able to raise that tr- trophy first more than Al Horford. And you know, like you said, I think he's the he had the he had the NBA high, in NBA history of most playoff games without making an NBA right. Finals. Um, so deserved, and you saw what the type of player that Al Horford is when they hand him the trophy to raise. He does it as an organization, but that he has was, the organization. I did, help. I did enjoy that. The, almost um, the uh, the soccer team mentality of lifting it all at once. Yeah, it, it's just, I I you're right. I can't say enough about Al Horford. And you know who you also got to give a lot of credit to, two guys that aren't there. I mean, we also obviously giving credit to Ime for all he's he's done this year. And I know he had a lot of doubters this year, um, but I think he's proven them wrong. I can't say enough, you know much props are given deserved to Brad Stevens for helping to solidify this team. But you also got to give a lot of credit to Danny Ainge. Danny. Yeah. Danny's Danny's such an integral part of this, even though he's gone, the fact that he, he built this team, uh, the heartache and kind of glass ceilings he ran into were just unfortunate uh, because this team was built to contend and obviously you know the Kyrie thing blew up in his face Gordon Hayward blows up in his face unfortunately um so there were some unfortunate events that kind of stunted the growth of this team um because I wholeheartedly believe if if that 2018 Celtics team is fully healthy they beat the Golden State Warriors in that finals um 
So a couple unfortunate things didn't break his way, you know, go separate ways. Brad Stevens steps up, but I, and I remember talking about at the time, going from Danny to Brad and then having to find a whole new coach, it almost seemed like we're hitting the reset button. And for Brad to just kind of pick up where Danny left off and just push all the right buttons, whether it was trades or free agency or uh, the coaching hire, you know, sticking with the core when I'm, I'm sure you and me probably said we needed to make a change. I mean, I can't tell you how many people, and I'm sure you heard it too, break up the Jalen Brown Tatum core, break up the core, break up the core. It's not working for him to ride it out and really believe in the squad. It, it, it speaks volumes to those two guys. Cause uh, it was frustrating that it seemed like the ceiling was Eastern conference finals for this team and to finally get over that hump. And they all mentioned it in their post-game uh, interviews to get over that hump is huge. And, you know, I look at it, you know, Danny, Danny drafted most of these guys. He drafts Grant Williams. He drafts Rob Williams. He drafts Peyton Pritchard drafts, you know, obviously the Jays. Like, and I, I'm, I'm guilty of it. I, I was like, why are we wasting all these draft picks, Danny? Can we trade a couple of these away? But now it's like the Grant Williams pick, he's helping us win. He helped us close and, out the semifinals. I'll, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit I was not a huge fan of Grant last year. Um, yeah. He's completely turned it around. Rob was – I. but on the flip side, I, I've always been a Rob guy. You, you yeah, know yeah. that firsthand. I've always been a Rob guy. Yep. And for that to that, – that's probably panned out better than I ever could have imagined. The fact that he's a legitimate, like, starter, and he was a second-round pick. Um, Pritchard, again, just out of nowhere – Obviously, we've had some busts along the way, but you said it yourself. Uh, there were times where, like, trade these assets, trade these assets. And for whatever reason, Danny's vision or Brad's vision was, I don't want assets. I want depth. And now we have yep. the depth. And we always mentioned how that, tw- that 2008 Celtics team had depth. The James Posey's, Eddie Houses, they had a deep Sam Cassell. They had a deep bench. And now here's our deep bench being able to, whether it's Derek White, Grant Williams, Al Horford stepping in. Daniel Tice has to give a couple of minutes, whatever it may be. Aaron, Aaron Naismith played some minutes in the, in the playoffs so far. The fact that this team's deep enough to do this is speaking volumes right now. So I know we mentioned about Danny. I think Brad really deserves a lot of credit as well. Um, you know, he's the one that, you know, like we said, Danny drafted all these guys, but then Brad came in and, you know, made trades that yes we didn't necessarily win all of them but he came in and you know got the pieces that we needed to be championship teams you know he trades for al horford not a great trade but it got the piece that we needed makes the trade dennis schroeder uh for daniel tice we lost the trade maybe on paper but in that buck series where we needed depth at the big position daniel tice came up huge for us you know, the Derek White trade, which I love Derek White. We give up a first-round pick for him. Not really a smart move, but we bring in a Derek White piece that is great for depth off the bench as a guard. It's a perfect off-the-guard bench piece. So, yes, I think they both deserve a lot of credit. And also, like I said, Brad brought – like we talked about, Brad brought in the perfect replacement for him, which is Ime Adoka. I think he has a lot to do with all the success with, you know – Tough, hard-nosed, defensive plays. Stop complaining about the refs. Come in and take accountability and let's go win a championship. I, I think 
between Brad and Danny, they pushed all the right buttons and they're both to deserve, uh, both to um, credit for this uh, Celtics team going to the NBA Finals. It's a group effort. I think it you said it is. Big group effort. Need those guys. A lot of things, you know, we had our ups and downs. We had our we had the seasons we were favored. We had the seasons people counted us out. And this was a huge count out season. And for everything to finally click, Brad to stick with the core, push all the right buttons, make the right trades. It it's it's all the more sweeter. It's all the more sweeter to know that those seasons where we were the favorites in the East and fell short. We finally it if it, it was finally it was finally all worth it. It's finally like they all said, get over the hump, finally get through that ceiling, finally be able to show all the doubters that Tatum and Brown can play at a high level and they can get to the finals. Uh, real quick before we move on, NBA Finals MVP, who do you got? Uh, Tatum. I think if you're if you're winning this series, it has to be Tatum. Um, not to say that I'll take anyone else winning it if they decide to go off but i think if tatum has an mvp worthy series for them we're winning this series yeah i i agree i think tatum probably wins the mvp but with that said i'd love to see al go off and get the mvp i'd love to see al Horford get that raise kind of like a uh uh what's his name andre Godala when he yeah, won the mvp yeah. like i'd love to see that kind of happen uh i'd take even marcus smart raising the MVP because you know in, Longest tenured Celtic, he's been through a lot with us, um, through a lot of downs and a lot of highs. So I'd like to see him win it. But Jason Tatum, I also love to see. Now, before we move on to, but I don't want to even think this way. I don't even know why I'm bringing this up because it's not going to happen. If the Warriors somehow win, and Steph wins the Finals MVP, which is something he doesn't have on his resume. Does Steph jump to become a top 10 player of all time? I think so, especially being able to get this team back on track after the sort of little detour away from the finals. I mean, to be able to just kind of hit the reset button for a couple of years and then just waltz right back in, I, I he has to be top 10. And, you know, he, he the one thing he's missed from his fight, I mean, to get another finals win and an MVP, finals MVP, which is something he's never gotten. I think you're right. I think he has to be in the conversation for top 10 players of all time. But I know that was a debate I heard on uh, TV. And I'm not as interested to hear what you had to say. Um, moving on to the Sox. The Sox are the less than stellar week. Uh, they're 4-4, four and four, 500 on this week. A lot of bad blowout losses. Um, if you're looking for any silver lighting, Trevor's story has really come alive. But, I mean, Sox treading water. I know it's early, you know, it's tough, but they just lost uh, tonight too. So they did lose. That was it one nothing, two one, two one. So, so another another tough. tough now that the, we count today, and they were four and five on the week. So it's a tough one, in football to say the least. Yeah, uh, four games under five hundred. They're eleven and a half back now. Two game losing streak. Uh, it just sucks because it, it really looked like they were in the driver's seat for a second there. They they had that long. Um, had that long season against Baltimore and couldn't get it done. Now they're losing games to the Cincinnati Reds. So we called it make or break, and right now they're breaking. Still early. Keep the faith. Still it is. Early. It is still early, but again, Let, every every game every game lost is another game closer to it being too late. 
And what do we say? It's basketball season, Danny Football. We're not even worried about the exactly. about baseball right now. It's NBA Finals time. If the Sox lose every game for the next week and the uh, Celtics win the NBA Finals, <laughs> I will be, I will take that trade in a heartbeat. Um, and I got to shout them out right now. Roger Rocks kicked off their season. Uh, there we go. With a big win uh, in game one. Uh, they won game two on the road. Manny Ramirez Jr. hits a big, like a, they went to a home run derby and hit an absolute moonshot off the top of the scoreboard to win the home run derby. There we go. Uh, and then they win three at home. Uh, lost a tough one last night to Vermont. Uh, today they were losing. I want to see how they did tonight. They lost a tough one today, uh, seven to four. So they got they got swept in uh, Vermont. Um, we're going to Worcester tomorrow. Face the Bravehearts, Danny Football's crosstown rival. Uh, the the, the second the the less superior team in Worcester. Uh, so rocks yep. till I die, dude. Rocks till I do. I love till it. I die. I hate the. I'll hate the Bravehearts till I die. You gotta come to the I come to a Rocks game soon. I'll give you the tour. No, the there we go. Okay. I'll, I'll, I'll have to make the trek down. Um are they playing um are they playing, Sunday? Are they playing the week of the thirteenth to the seventeenth at home? Of June? Yeah. They play the fourteenth, fifteenth, they're away the sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth, nineteenth, they're all home. What, all right, what are the home games again? The fourteenth, fifteenth. 17th, 18th, and 19th. And then they're home the 21st, 22nd, and 23rd. They're home for I like... Might, might do... Let me, say, let me check my Blue Sox tickets. Hold on. Right, 14th and 16th. So maybe I'll do the 15th. Come up for a nice I'll do, uh, Wednesday do, game? I'll do Woo Sox on Tuesday. Maybe I'll do Rocks on Wednesday and Woo Sox again on Thursday. Why not come back to the Rocks on a nice Friday night fireworks? Make it a do whole that. baseball yeah, week. Yeah. A week maybe of I'll, baseball. Maybe I'll do Tuesday, Thursday, Friday then. Oh, my goodness. What a what a, what a a week of baseball for this. Tuesday, I, I have nothing else to do. I'm not going Wait, to Wait, did work. you say Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? Is that what you said? No. I So I have Woo Sox tickets for the f- Tuesday and Friday. Thursday. So, so you're 15th, gonna come to the rocks on Wednesday and Friday? So 15th is open, 17th is open. I would only do one of the two. I'm not yeah, oh I, I thought you said I you can't were doing do both. both. I'm not doing, doing both. two days of the camp. No way, I was like, no wow. way, no way. Wow, no way. Um yeah, one, either, one's but, enough. Whatever day you come, uh let me know. I'll get you get right. you a little tickets. I'll hook there you up. There we go. Get, Maybe to me. throw you in a suite or something. <laughs> since, since, I don't know. Um, I did we did the suite last we did that suite last time. Maybe I, I might want to be among the people this time. You want to be among the people? I'll put you right behind uh, home plate or right behind the dugout, wherever you want. Um, all right, yeah, let's plan on that week then. I'll I'll see what I got going on. They also have on-field promotions. I'll get you. Uh, they do. This oh thing my where, god! All right. it, they do this thing where you race your buddy and like these blow-up balls. You know the blow-up balls that you yeah, run yeah, yeah. into someone yeah. and you knock them yeah. over. They do yeah. that now. Okay. So I'll get you. I'll get you one of those. Maybe <laughs> maybe you and Paige. You and Paige. Oh, oh man. man. All right, if if Paige is listening right now, the gauntlet's been thrown down. Um, but come out to the ballpark. The Rocks are now three and two, going to Worcester. They're on a heck of a road trip right now. Uh, they're away the last two days in Vermont. They're going. They're traveling to Worcester tomorrow, and then they're coming home. 
for a quick overnight to get some rest and then fuel up to go to Nashville on Thursday and then they're home Friday. So um, get out on the ballpark on Friday. It's a great time. Friday night fireworks. The first Friday night fireworks since 2019. Wow. Fireworks is back in the that'll camp. Be, that'll be fun because I won't have to pick up the debris. So yeah, <laughs> we get to go. <laughs> remember those nights of stayed out late it was fun i mean it was fun watching them but then to be like all right guys go grab the rake so we'll be like wait what and the best part do you remember when um high school mike lost the keys to the tractor Tractor. i don't think i was there that night i don't think i was there that might have been that might have been the week of my fight so i don't think i was there for that but I, I i i definitely saw the commotion in the uh the group me that they were looking for the key and they couldn't find it they were all sorts of uh, PO'd uh, because they were, <laughs> they just wanted to get out there and they were just searching those grounds, <laughs> searching the grass, God. scraping through the little pieces of grass for a nice a little tiny key because you knew you didn't want to have Tommy get ticked about losing his tractor key. Uh, yeah, definitely come out, uh, get Danny football out there on the camp and uh, definitely come out to the camp. It'll be a good day. Um, I think we're going to move on to our final segment of the night, the people's topic. It's the people's topic, baby! People's topic. So for people's topic, you run our Instagram and Twitter page at Big Red Zone. Leave us a comment. Let us know you want to talk about what you want us to talk about this week. uh, Mrs. Big Red says me. Any big uh, Mrs. Big Red news? I know she got the big international deal last week. Anything anything this week? uh, Nothing too much this week, but you know what? Let's get Mrs. Big Red to that that Rocks game. Uh, Zuru, you? Yeah, I'm throwing out the gauntlet right now. That week should be the the Rocks reunion game. You know what we should do? We should see if Jack Baran's around, uh, Brian's around. Let's get Maddie P. Let's let's get the whole intern. You know what? Maybe we can try to get a little. If you're listening out there, Ben Rappaport, let's get you out here for a game. <laughs> let's get him down for a game. If it's a Friday, maybe we'll be able to get him down after a um, nice little week. He's yeah. gonna be a dad soon. Do it. Th- who? Oh yeah, that's right. I was. I didn't know who you were talking about there for a second. I'm like, who? The first father of our fantasy football league. <laughs> yeah, that'll be good. Maybe. Um. Yeah, we'll get Molly and everyone to go. That'll be fun. Yeah, I think that would be a fun day. Good to see everyone again. Uh, Polly Prue says, Rock's having four ex major league kids. Uh, yeah, we got uh, stacked Manny Ramirez Jr., who's been really good to start the year. How's that been uh, going for ticket sales? Has it affected ticket sales? The first day was awesome. Like, really? Thir- okay, Thurs- there we go. A Thursday game, right? First game of the week, you would think it wouldn't be big. We had like 600 people in the in the stands okay. for a Thursday. Right. It was like, Rocked and showing out. Let's it go. It was rowdy. Uh, Sunday okay. morning even. Sunday afternoon game, I, I don't know what it was, but it was 500 to 600 people. All right. Love to hear Sunday that. afternoon. I think, I think Friday's going to be a huge, uh, okay. huge pre-sale. All um, right. It sounds like I need these. Comps tickets from Big Red now. Uh, it's a, it's the it's hottest a hot ticket. ticket. In, hot ticket. It's the hottest ticket in Brockton right now. You think you think it's hard getting tickets to the NBA Finals? It's gonna be hard getting <laughs> tickets to the Brockton Rocks. Um, yeah, the kid. I mean, wow, wow. This thing I've been catching all show. I'm just gonna hold it from here on out. <laughs> uh, 
yeah, the kids are showing up and the rocks are hot, baby. The rocks are hot. Don't let the rocks get hot. Searching for that title ever since we got robbed a couple of years ago. Oh, absolutely robbed. And last year we got a little, uh, there's a tough, t- couple tough breaks in there last year. We, we missed going to the championship game by less than a centimeter. A uh, ball hit down the left field line, centimeter foul would have been the difference between walking off and going to the, uh, to the finals. And then instead of going to uh, ne- very next pitch, in fact, the most like ridiculous double play I've ever seen. It was like a chopper to th- like third base. Home- it was a, what would that be? It was like a four, two, three double play. It went, they went third baseman to home to first base for a double play. Ugh. Bases loaded. God, it was just, it was almighty. just two outs, go ahead, run, uh, tying one at third. And we, we get a double play with like at the plate in first base. It was the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. Got to uh, run it back. Revenge run it back. This is the revenge tour. We get a brand new clubhouse. We're feeling good. We're feeling hot. Let's, let's go. So, uh, <laughs> rocks in two. Turn it rocks into, into, a, into. Turn it into a rocks podcast. It's a Roger Morris podcast. All right, we got Paige. Oh, boy, here we go. Paige is totally giving up on our tennis thing. Oh! Uh, not, nothing on the tennis subject matter. Uh, she wrote Celtics and four. Celtics and four. Okay, Paige, I'm about this energy. Let's go. Paige, I think that's the, I think that's the best thing you've ever said. <laughs> Celtics and four. I'm 100% behind you. Season uh, four, baby. Season four. Season four. I, I close it out at home. On the parquet. I'm not complaining. I like the way you think. And our last question comes from Joseph underscore Celia. He writes, if you're Jimmy Butler, you stay in Miami or want out? Well, if the rumors of them going after Donovan Mitchell are true, he probably wants to stay there and see if we can run Donovan Mitchell here. But, man, if they don't get Donovan Mitchell, it's looking like that window's kind of closing on them, doesn't it? I don't know. Kyle Lowry's looking... He's looking a little slower. He's in. He's he's up there in years too. Yeah, I feel like they they are missing that. They're kind of like where the Celtics are at that, but even worse. Like they need that other star player. You, Jimmy can only, you know, Jimmy can only play forty eight minutes in a game before right. you need to. Find it's crazy else. to think that the Sixers could have been Embiid, Butler, and um, Harden. Harden. That that's scary to think about. But regardless. Better than, I'm happy. Better than us. Better than us. Yeah. I, I, I'm shocked that they And when we had Bradley Beal in the offseason, we'll be even more loaded. Yeah. Uh, I said, like I said, you know, I, I don't think if they – I didn't hear about the Donovan Mitchell thing, but if they're rumored to get Donovan Mitchell, I think they hold on to him. I mean, they were the one seed in the East, so, I mean, you got to kind of think like he's not – and they were, you know, they were missed three away from going to the NBA Finals. They were so, a couple and, inches away. Yeah, so I don't think he's ready to just give up on the Miami Heat. They could still eat, they could go behind Bradley Beal for all we know. True. And and you know, they're looking at a tandem of Bradley Beal, Butler, and Kyle Bio. Lowry. Bio, yeah. Or by a bio, Kyle Lowry and Tyler Hero. It's like they could easily add one piece and become a championship contender. So I don't think he leaves or wants out, but I think it definitely uh Jimmy doesn't seem like the type of person that wants out. Quickly, I, I think everywhere he's been traded from, it's been teams that want him out, 
but I don't think he seems like the type of guy that wants no, if to. There's, if there's anyone on this planet who isn't is going to keep Jimmy Butler despite it all is Pat Riley. So, yeah. So, uh, so I think he stays. I don't think he's out. But great questions. Thank you to everyone for writing in. Remember, you can go write on our Instagram and Twitter page at Big Red Zone. Leave us a comment. Let us know what you want to talk about. Also, give us a follow on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Big Red Zone. You can also find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. And please, please tell a friend. Go Celtics. Go Celtics. My, Let's go. My thanks to Dave Football. What, uh, I mean, we're going to have, what, two games before yeah, we by talk the time we By the time we record, next two games will be down. So we'll, we'll have a, you know, we'll be in full swing of the NBA finals. Again, we'll either be pretty happy, pretty disappointed, or we'll be kind of in the middle being split. If we're up 2-0, I'm going to be floating. I'm going to be absolutely floating. You're going to be seeing rocks tied to my arms so I don't fly up to the ceiling. I'll wear my Dr. Rocks t-shirt. <laughs> there we go. Uh, but thanks for listening, everyone, and have a great week.